Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. We call this story from the Gospels, from both, from all Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We call it the temptation of Jesus. But it is important to recognize that ultimately Jesus is not tempted to do something for himself. Feed himself, seize power over the world for himself, dramatically display his status as God's son. Jesus is being tempted to set aside his trust in God the Father. Or as one commentator describes this story, it is not about temptation in the plain sense of the word so much as about true worship. Jesus recognizes the devil's temptations to be distractions from worshiping and trusting God. It's not so much about breaking rules, going against commandments in the Bible, disobeying God. That is, it is not so much about struggling with impulses we must learn to tame. Jesus' temptations in the wilderness are a struggle with God's call upon him, upon us, to know, love, and worship God only and every moment of our lives. Because it is in knowing, loving, worshiping God that we discover and celebrate our true humanity. That is, our being created in the image of God and our being created to be in relationship with God for eternity. In our worship of God, that is, in our giving to God ultimate worth, value, importance in our lives, we, found, we find our authentic and full humanity made in the image of God and we reflect that image of God back into the world. Temptation turns us away from God's call to reflect his image. Temptation lowers our gaze, shortens our sight, leads us to settle for less than God desires for us. Temptation causes us to fall short of our call to that true humanity that bears and reflects the image of God. Temptation is not about upsetting God. It is about turning away from the best that God has given us, all that God has planned for us. Jesus held to his true worship of God, his allegiance to the Father. His allegiance overrode his immediate bodily desires, hunger. His true worship of God ruled out an easy but costly shortcut to his vocation to be Lord of all the world. Jesus' true worship of God prevented him from seeking proof of his own sonship, preventing him from testing, challenging God's word spoken to him at his baptism just a few days before he went into the wilderness. God's word spoken to him when he comes up out of the water, you are my son, 
the beloved. In our passage from Deuteronomy, the Israelites, the people of God, are to worship God and signify their complete trust in God by giving up to God the first fruits of their labors. They could take for granted the land given to them by God. They could claim for themselves the fruit of their labor. But instead, they are to share back to God that which God has made possible for them. They are ultimately to trust God. And importantly, they are to demonstrate that trust by also sharing the fruit of their labor with the alien in their midst. They sit down with the Levites, the the clergy, uh, and the stranger, the alien, those who are not like them. They sit down and all share the bounty that God has provided. As they and we are recipients of God's grace and goodness, so are they and we to be channels of this grace and goodness out into the world. We are to reflect the image of God into the world. Physical needs and wants are important. Worship of God is more important. Jesus is indeed to become the world's true Lord, but the path to that lordship, to that greatness ordained of God, is not one of lusting after status and power, but is a path of service, suffering, sacrifice. To trust God does not mean acting foolishly to force God into doing something spectacular, but opening one's life to be used by God for the work of the kingdom. Jesus' status as God's son commits him not to self-serving, showy power and prestige, but to an unexpected path, a path of humility, service, and finally, death. Paul powerfully and poignantly describes Jesus' path in the second chapter of the letter to the Philippians. Though in the form of God, Jesus did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And Paul admonishes us to be of the same mind as Jesus, emptying ourselves, humbling ourselves, giving ourselves. The discipline of countering temptation in our lives is not about self-hatred, not about denying or rejecting aspects of our God-given humanity. Resisting temptation is about celebrating God's gift of full humanity, authentic humanity. And then learning how to live that full humanity, that God-given humanity, to its greatest potential. True resistance to temptation is grounded in our loyalty to God 
and our deep love of this life God has given us. True resistance to temptation is worshiping and trusting God. Worshiping and trusting our Creator. Worshiping and trusting the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.